Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Kaylee Kaler, NFL expert, following the league for well nigh on years, and uh, broke story last week about the level of dysfunction in um, in the Russell we- in the Russell uh, Wilson Seattle Seahawks, and. You know, since then, I think you've been covering the competition committee and the lunacy they're operating in. First of all, Kaylin, welcome to the show again. Ray, hi, how are you? Um, I'm weeping bitter tears. <laughs> um, Glad to hear it. Yeah, what what do you want to start with? The competition committee, the Russell Wilson stuff? I mean, you um, caught some flack last week about it, but has that died down as people have sort of acknowledged that Russell Wilson is a different kind of character than he's portrayed himself to be? Yeah, well, I think today um, Pete Carroll and John Schneider were both asked about our report um, from, you know, Seattle media. And neither one of them, they both had slightly different responses, but neither one of them um, denied it. You know, they kind of were like, I think John said, it's water under the bridge or something. And Pete was like, I'm going to stand by my players, like the players that he currently has. So, Neither one of them denied our report that uh, Russell last year, last February, had went to Seattle ownership and requested that Pete and John both be fired. So I thought that was pretty telling because obviously the Seahawks um, did not comment for our story. So, you know, I didn't know what they would say on the record if they were asked about it. So that I thought was very interesting. Um, And I do think you're right. Like when it originally came out, we did get you know, people saying, oh, another, like, hit piece on Russell Wilson. But we were actually extremely fair to Russell in the story. Um, And we specifically stayed away from all of the narratives surrounding him that we're all very familiar with that his, you know, Seattle, former Seattle teammates have put out there. We were like, we made a conscious choice to, like, not get into that because we wanted to understand the football side of what went wrong. Like, why was Russell as a football player struggling this year? Why were the Broncos as a whole so bad on offense and so that's really what we started that was kind of our frame for reporting this we didn't even wade into you know the typical russell um dialogue about whether he's a phony or a fraud or you know his strange personality um in terms of the report and its aftermath how much do you think it will affect what his not his relationship with Sean Payton, the new coach in Denver, will be, but how much Payton will shorten his leash to try to get 
a, a, a semblance of the form he used to have in Seattle. Yeah, I think he's going to shorten it a lot um, because in his first public appearance as Denver's head coach, he you know was asked about Russell's team, and he was like, "I'm not familiar with that, like a player having a personal staff in the building." And he said, "That won't be happening here under my watch." So he already like from the very first things he ever said as the Broncos head coach he made it clear that there will be some boundaries for Russell and I think that's going to be really good because that was the issue with what happened this year like yes Russell has declined in some ways um, physically but I, I don't think he's like beyond repair as a quarterback I think what happened was and what we learned from our reporting is that Nathaniel Hackett as a first-time head coach, and because he was slightly scarred from you know transitioning Aaron Rodgers to a new offense in Green Bay, he he made a conscious choice to include Russell and empower Russell um, in the Denver Broncos offense. And when he did that, he just gave him too much control. And Russell was bringing um, Hackett, he was bringing Hackett a list of plays to sign off on, um, to include in the offense. He was changing the cadence all the time to the point where the offensive line had no idea what was going on because they weren't able to practice it enough. And, you know, he had his personal staff in the building, which didn't seem like it was going to be a problem until, you know, we reported that the last two weeks of the season, his personal staff, um, the, the Broncos met, Broncos leadership met with Russell to see what they could change. And they agreed that, you know, for the last weeks of the season, he was not going to use his second floor office in the facility and his team would no longer be in the building. So it clearly became something that created a disconnect between him and his teammates based on the fact that Broncos leadership um, met with Russell and brought this up and they all agreed, yeah, we're not going to do this anymore for the last two weeks of the season. And it seems like they're not going to do it anymore going into next year. Kaylin, you wrote a piece about the pushing of the quarterback and how the NFL is looking to maybe get rid of that. I don't know if Ray coined this term or if I'm late on it, the tush push. But can you give us your argument, I guess, for it to keep it and the argument to get rid of it? Because I'm a bit torn. Yeah. I mean, I'm shocked that it's even on the agenda. I I think I'm biased because I'm like so obsessed with the play that I can't see why it's a problem. I mean... The argue, I'll start with the argument against it. The argument against it is like a forward-looking argument that at some point this could lead to injuries, not just on offense, but on defense. When defenses are trying to stop this play, you'll you'll see a lot of times, and this is not even like a push sneak. This, it's not unique to the push sneak, but all sneaks in general, any variation of a quarterback sneak, you'll see the defense leaping over the offensive line. And they'll send, like, one player doing that. And obviously, you know, that puts that player at an injury risk. It also puts the quarterback at a risk of getting, like, speared in the head. Um, so, yes, sure, there is, like, some element of injury risk to this. But I don't know that there's more of an injury risk to the push sneak than there is a regular sneak. Although, there is a situation where there used to be, like, some pushing going on on field goal plays. And they got rid of that because they thought it would lead to injury with the pushing um, between the offensive and defensive line. So there could be an argument for that. But as of right now, there is no injury evidence because none of the Eagles got hurt on this play. Um, and other teams who ran it, as far as I know, it was like the Bills, the Ravens, and the Bengals, I think, who also ran similar plays like this. And I don't think anybody got hurt on those either. So it's kind of like tracking it forward to see if there is an injury risk, which right now, there's not enough evidence to say that there is. And the other argument against it, which I think is the funniest argument, 
and the one that I've heard like the most loudly is that it's ugly because it looks like rugby. And I don't understand what the problem with that is because the last time I checked, uh, football is a product of rugby. So, um, you know, I don't know why it's a bad thing that football would resemble rugby. Obviously, if you're running this play 40 times in a row and that's your entire offense, sure, I don't know that any of us would really want to watch that. That's You'd be the 49ers. Anymore. Right, yeah, right. It's not exciting anymore. It's not a good offensive product. And obviously the owners, they care about what everything looks like. You know, we that's obvious because of taunting penalties, because of the uniform description on like how tall your socks have to be you know we know that the owners care about optics so i think the main reason that this has been put on the docket is because it looks bad which is which is really funny to me uh of all the the um recommendations that people have made to alter the rules this year how many of them have a chance of being enacted. I mean, the one that I think caught the most eyes was the um, making roughing the passer reviewable. Uh, yeah. Does that have a chance of getting changed? Does anything have a chance of getting changed? Um, I think, I don't know. I mean, that's a, that's a tricky one, the roughing the passer reviewable, because we all know what happened when they made um, pass interference reviewable. What was that, three years ago? It was like an absolute disaster. So, I think that roughing the passer reviewable would also ultimately lead to an absolute disaster where, you know, you're not consistent with your rulings and slowing it down actually makes it harder to officiate. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know if that's going to have enough momentum. I don't have a good feel for that one right now, but I do think the experience of the past interference debacle may, um, you know, reflect what we're going to see. That. So I think people might be inclined to vote against that because of how badly it went when they tried doing that for the one-year experiment with pass interference. Um, I know they're talking about the QB3 active thing again, um, you know, adding, being able to address a third quarterback and having it not count toward your roster total. I feel like that might have a good chance just because of how visible and terrible those situations were this season, you know, especially the 49ers, obviously, when, um, you know, that second quarterback gets hurt and there's nobody, you know, nobody left. Um, so, yeah, I think that one might have a shot. Um, and then, I mean, there's so many things that they're looking at. I mean, I think there were a bunch of different health and safety topics that they went over um, yesterday as well. Um you mentioned the third quarterback thing and how it's got a chance of passing in part because the 49ers basically threw quarterbacks into a meat grinder all year long. Um, I wanted to talk more about the third quarterback market out there and the veteran free agent market. Is there anybody that frankly excites anybody as a potential starter uh, because the list looks pretty threadbare, and I think yeah. maybe the only one, and we didn't even talk about this guy, um, Mike White with the Jets. Uh, is there anybody that you could say, boy, that'd be that'd be a nice pickup because he could potentially be a useful starter? Um, it's interesting. I mean, is Drew Locke a free agent? Uh, he's not he listed on. Um, he's not okay. over the cap. At least I don't see him. Oh, yes, he, there he is, way down, way down low. Okay, he is. Okay, so he's someone that, like, you know, 
is definitely not a surefire starter by any means, but like he's young enough that I think people still might think there's some potential that's yet to be unlocked there. And Seattle has Geno now. Like they know, okay, we're going to roll with Geno. So Drew Locke is kind of interesting to me as somebody that maybe someone would go for. I mean, again, I don't think he would come into a situation and be the starter, but would have a chance to compete for a job because I, I don't think he's been like written off yet. So that's like the one sort of weird name that I would throw out there. Um, other than that, you're right. This quarterback class of free agents and, you know, starters who are available is not great. And also there's not that many in the draft. So there is going to be like a musical chair situation that goes on this offseason with quarterbacks. And it'll be interesting to see when it's all said and done, uh, you know, where everything stands. Because somebody is going to get left with a very bad situation. Kaylin, I saw on your social media that you are currently uh, on location for the Combine, and Ray keeps yeah. giving me a hard time about the Combine, but I love it, and I want to know, if you give us a lay of the land out there, are, is there buzz around any players besides the obvious ones? What's what's it like out there? Yeah, so as far as buzz around players, I am like so tunnel vision on random things that I'm working on that I honestly could not give you like a list of top prospects because all of my conversations are just extremely like not related to the actual draft. Um, but as far as the combine goes, I mean, it's a really crazy event. Like I was chasing somebody from the competition committee down two different hallways yesterday. And unfortunately I was not wearing sneakers. I was wearing like three inch um, platform mules. They're very cute shoes, but not practical for chasing down sources. So this is like the type of event where you see someone that you want to talk to and you just have to go after them because you don't know if you're going to run into them again. So it's really fun. It's really interesting. And actually I had a nice conversation with um, like George Payton uh, just like an hour ago because he didn't talk to us for the Broncos story that we did, but I just went up and, you know, introduced myself and we talked a little bit about that and he was a very nice man. Um, so that was, you know, that was an interesting interaction. So things like that are always happening. Like you're just walking around and you have no idea, you know, who you're going to run into and you've got to remember right away, like, why do I need this person? Like, what am I working on that I want to ask them about? It's very stressful. Um, you get really sweaty, but it's very fun. I have one last question and then we'll let you go. Can you explain the motivation for the Philadelphia Eagles to introduce a proposal yeah. to legalize the number zero as a jersey number. What's, uh, the, what's, the, what's the reason for that? Because I don't know of any fan who has said, you know what the NFL really needs? More guys wearing zero. So the way it was explained to me um, is that two years ago, obviously, they expanded the positions that could wear one through single-digit numbers, so one through 19. I guess that's a few double-digit numbers as well, but they opened it up to pretty much any position other than offensive and defensive linemen. So when that happened, you saw a bunch of players, I don't know exactly how many players, um, decided to switch to the single-digit numbers, but there was a significant amount, and with the Eagles in particular... Um, they've got Devontae Smith in number six. They've got Hassan Reddick at number seven. They have two retired numbers in that group. And um, 
you know, when that happened, when you have 90 players in camp, you don't have enough numbers. You're allowed to sort of duplicate numbers at that point, but you've got, you're going to wind up with like practice squad guys duplicating with um, guys on the regular roster. And then when the regular season comes, you have to activate them. You've got to switch the jersey numbers around. It becomes like a whole situation. So um, the way it was explained to me is that the Eagles proposed this as a way to have like one more single digit number so that it's a little bit less crowded in there because for some reason the single digit numbers are like very um, popular and cool. And I would need to ask some players about why that is. But um, I think it's, fair to say that a lot there's a lot of demand from different position groups for those numbers so by adding a zero you have like one more <laughs> that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard not your explanation but just the rationale but right. anyway uh the information was very good otherwise um kaylin kaler thanks for joining us um and we'll talk to you soon when something goofy happens at the combine like the place gets set on fire yeah, exactly. Thanks. All right. Thanks again, Kelly. Take great. care. Bye. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.